With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blanket double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking, Josh. And uh, we're renaming the podcast Big Defense. Uh, <laughs> I think we're going to be talking about defense a little bit here in this episode, right? That's true. Yeah. we. You know, you and I, like, I, I often kick around the idea of a, of a full-on name rebrand from time to time. Uh, I still like. Yeah, we want to get away from yeah. the Ashley Madison Google searches that we <laughs> yeah. we come across. Uh, I still like the Pacey Striker. Maybe someday that'll be. Uh, maybe that'll just make that our, our Twitter, you know, handle or something like that. The yeah, PC nothing striker. says two Americans pretending to be uh, football fans <laughs> than a, something called Pacey Striker. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, Brandon, uh, yeah, it is all about the the defense this week. Um, well, it's also it's it's all about Richarlison and. It wasn't until I was talking to my wife that I realized how truly ridiculous the name Richarlison is. Because sure. <laughs> so she, she said, did you say that right? Are you talking about Richardson, maybe? Or just a gentleman <laughs> Saturday, named Richard? Saturday afternoon, I've got the game on, and he scores the first goal. And I said, oh, he's, he's on my team. Uh, and I was like, she's like, what's his name? And I was like, well, it's uh, it's Richarlison. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's just, it's a little, it's a weird name. You know, it's it doesn't sound like a real name. It sounds like a name in like... Like a tenth grader's, you know, like like a like a like a story he had to write for class, like an English major's, you know, bad fantasy. Our our spouses learn these names. Like my wife has zero interest in sports, full stop. But she'll walk through the living room and she'll just say Hazard, or she'll say <laughs> Salah. My wife she doesn't really say- understand what that what that means, but it's kind of just 
by uh, by situational awareness, I guess she's yeah. learning these names. My Richarlison say, is not going to be a name that she says walking through the living room. I, it's too many syllables for one thing. All right, J- Josh, Josh, we're meandering here. Game week one, it's in the books. Uh, can you so when you? Well, first of all, we went out and we watched the game at the Black Horse on Friday. That was kind of an, an anomaly in terms of the seasons back. But you get up Saturday morning and you start watching Premier League. How do you well, feel? Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about Friday because, uh, you know, Friday, uh, I, I, you know, it, I don't know if it was I don't know if it was smart or not. I don't think it would have changed anything about my team, but I had decided um, I, I had a, I actually had a comp day coming from a conference I'd gone to recently. And so. I uh, saved the comp day for this this first Friday of the season. You know, the game starts at three o'clock here in the U.S. So uh, for me, I would have had to uh, take the day off to watch the match. So um, I was like, well, I have this day off. I'm going to go see the Mission Impossible movie that I'm going to make the most of the day. You know, uh, we've got the kid in daycare. Let's let's make it a day. So okay. uh, so we schedule an 1130 showing of Mission Impossible. Which I've worked it out. I went to the Alamo Draft House website. I figured out that the movie will end at two o two p.m. A full two minutes after the game week one deadline. Now, Brandon, okay. did I get up in the middle of that movie to check my team, make sure my captain was correct? Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to guess that you did. So, yeah, I'm glad that you confirmed that. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, did you have what went through your mind there? Did you have moves in mind that you were? that had plagued you during the first half of the movie? You're like, I've got to get up and make these tweets. <laughs> the only concern I had was whether Eric Bailly might not start. And I, I went online, I read a couple of the, you know, a lot of the, the Manchester uh, reporters, you know, really, especially when it comes to uh, Man United are, you know, very clued into that team. You know, they typically are very accurate. Sam Luckhurst is a writer on, on Twitter who, you know, just like very much has his finger on the pulse of that team. So I went, I checked out his Twitter feed. He seemed to confirm that Bailly was starting. I said, okay, great. Decision's done. Let's go. You know, let's, let's watch the rest of this movie. Uh, so then we all meet up. We watch the game. It is. Um, wait, 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 wait. Stop. Stop. Yep. Okay. Go back. The when you book the tickets for Mission Impossible, did it did it occur to you when you were making the movie plans that you were going to be sequestered in a movie theater during the most important two hours? of yeah. the preseason it was or was that on purpose it was somewhat to, intentional yeah, yeah i mean it's like cramming for a test you know i mean you don't make your best decisions when you're cramming no. you know i mean you just your, your brain is not in the right place like how many times over the years you know before the game week one deadline or when you're on a wild card or whatever you know with an hour to go do you make some ridiculous move right i mean i'm sure half the people listening to this podcast in the last hour you know if they were able to get on the site and the site was down for a little while you know in the last hour like took out you know luke shaw you know and put yeah. in you know whomever you know um i don't know ben some davis defender or something what's that ben davis perhaps ben ben davis perhaps uh yeah i mean you know it, it happens all the time and so i was like i don't want to put myself in that position so thursday night i spent I mean, you know, no joke, hours and hours, you know, tinkering with my team, trying to get it where I wanted it to be. Um, and then, yeah, so we watched the match and um, and it's going fine. It's it, it's not a particularly exciting match. It was pretty one sided throughout, um, you know, interesting because of the Luke Shaw goal, obviously. Uh, but Leicester really wasn't super competitive. I mean, I guess they had moments in the first half. Uh, but then this kind of insane goal at the end in the 92nd yes. minute. And yeah. it was like I felt the blood rush out of my face. I mean, I mm-hmm. I mean, OK, you were watching me. How did I react? I mean, I, I'm in a pretty emotional fantasy person. Yeah. Like, was I keeping it together or like how was I? I've been in this exact situation at the Black Horse with you many, many times. <laughs> 
I mean, it cuts it cuts one way or another. Either you're having a, a downtime and and I'm trying to boost you up because uh, it's not fun watching games with you when you're miserable, right. or you're having a good one and I'm it, it's totally reversed and I'm miserable. Right. Exactly. And you are, you are unsure up a ball when you're miserable. I, I can be made to come around. You are like, we almost got into a fist fight last year. We're like, I'm like, after you had your wild card. Yeah. Well, when, you, when, when you try and cheer me up, I think, I feel like you're making fun of me and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you give me more credit for being competitive than I deserve. I, I, it's, I feel the same way. I, many people listening, I'm sure understand. You don't want to be around someone who's miserable watching fantasy. That's, yeah. that's not fun. So I, I was watching you when when the Vardy goal goes in and your expression was not you weren't immediately crestfallen. It was just disbelief. I don't think that you could <laughs> quite comprehend what just happened. And it was a slow it was a slow realization of, oh, man, that clean sheet that I have basically now built my entire game week one around. Right. The centerpiece, right. the showpiece, the yes. Eric Bailly clean sheet is now just disappeared off right. of some insane uh, – I mean, I thought David De Gea um, had a couple of good shot stops in the game, but his distribution was poor. We're getting his a little bit of runoff. Poor. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it, it, it was frustrating because it was such a fantasy moment too because – you know, you, you sort of you, you do the work and you know sort of figure out that you know Eric Bay looks like he's going to be healthy. If he plays well, reasonable chance he's going to have you know a run out. He could possibly play the entire season, right? Like if he if he plays well, he could play thirty plus matches this year, um, and he did play well. Um, mm-hmm. And Luke Shaw, point uh, five million cheaper, a very tempting option, but a player who, you know, if he had a bad game week one, was going to get replaced by Ashley Young probably starting next week. Right. Yeah. Um, and so now he scores this this goal, a very good goal, uh, late in the match. Probably keeps his spot for a while. And um, can you can know, I stop you right yeah. there though? Yeah. Was it? It was a good goal, and that was a good finish. But um, it was a fortunate bounce to get it into his path. And just prior to that, we had been talking for the entire game about what a liability Luke Shaw was. He was slow. He He was misplacing so so many passes, missing tackles. I don't see how, particularly if you're Jose Mourinho and you basically use Luke Shaw as a punching bag, how one goal suddenly changes how he feels about him. Ashley Young is still straight in. Yeah, I don't know. Mourinho was very positive about him after the match. You know, we'll see. I I still think that his, his, his spot is under threat, but you know, it just goes down to what a, what a coin flip these decisions can make. And, you know, you just have to deal with that. Like, I mean, this is, you know, uh, we are, you just, it's like, you just have to like, remember that this is a game, that this is, um, that we are, we are not playing these matches, you know, <laughs> and we are just sort of making a, like our best guess based on the information. And we, you try to think things through and, you know, you, you say to yourself, all right, well, you know, buy is the more stable option. So I'll spend the extra 0.5 million. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, you get, you get, you know, hurt by it. And, um, but it shouldn't, you know, um, you know, you just can't, you can't, you have to just roll with the punches because that stuff does like, it evens out over the course of a season. You know, you'll get lucky, you'll get as lucky as you get unlucky. And it's just the sort of nature of things that you remember when things go well, or you remember when things don't go well, and you sort of forget when you got lucky and things did go well. Right. I'll, I'll put a little button on this story, just as you're, as you're saying, bring it back to reality. So you, when that goal went in, you were disappointed from a fantasy perspective. There was a guy at the bar standing in front of us who had put money on the game and he stood to win $500 if he beat the point spread, which he needed United to win by two goals. 
So he freaked out when that Luke Shaw goal went in. He's like, I just won $500. So I was, I was watching you, Josh, and your disappointment, and then how he was also handling that disappointment. Yeah. Um, what a moment that was for, for somebody who was having a <laughs> pure watch, it? such as yeah, my, who, myself. Who handled it better then? Uh, well, I didn't tell him that I loved him. I did turn to you and you told did. you that I loved, loved you. You did. So. It worked. Yeah. You, you call you, you talked me off the ledge. It was, it was a good moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, this is why it was like a, it was a good fantasy moment in a way. It sort of like it turned around in the end. Yeah. Um, speaking of turning around, yeah. uh, we, yeah. uh, should we talk about our game weeks, uh, in general game week one? Definitely. Yeah. Um, just quickly, just, you know, for anybody who's, uh, who's new to the podcast, um, we're going to run through uh, our teams. Uh, we're going to run through the Patreon, the, uh, the, the, excuse me, the always cheating super league top 10. Um, this week we've got an interesting, um, the, the sort of the way we're going to organize this podcast is sort of 10 things that we think we think after game week one, right? So it's sort of 10 different ideas. Uh, we're going to take questions within that. Um, and then we're going to, uh, do a preview of game week two as well. So, um, a little bit of recap, uh, you know, possible moves going into game week two, uh, even talk about early wild cards, stuff like that. Um, but first Brandon, our game weeks, uh, they're both pretty good. Yeah, I'd say so. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly happy. I finished on 87 points, which as if overall rank counts for anything at the end of game week one, but I'm sitting at 108,221. And it was all down to my defense. So I guess since I, I haven't yet really posted my team to social, you can find links to both of our teams at alwayscheating.com. Just go to the About tab. But it was a, it was a huge outlay of defenders for me. Ederson and goal. And I, I, I frankly couldn't make up my mind. And this is how he ended up with this defense. I was like, Van Dyke or Robertson? Van Dyke or Robertson? I'll just get both. And then I did the <laughs> same with Manchester City. I was like, Mendy or Ederson? Mendy or Ederson? I'll just right. get both. Yep. And, of course, you, you're asking the same question about Crystal Palace, right, Josh? Tompkins or Wambasaka? Tompkins right. or Wambasaka? Why right. not just get both? Um, so I started four at the back with Van Dyke, Robertson, Tompkins, and Mendy. And uh, just insane output from those guys. And Ederson, who had a pretty appalling game, particularly in the second half, misplays passes, dangerous plays. And um, I remember one save that Ederson made, but apparently he made a total of three, uh, which got him into the bonus. Eight points from him on the day, not so bad. Yeah, um, that was, yeah, it was weird that Ederson and Allison both got bonus points. Um, I'm not sure how that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> they they were irrelevant to this match, both those players. It's a, well, it's just yeah, a strange thing. something with something with these keepers and the same point is made of defenders on these teams that do pass out of the back is keepers like Allison and Ederson are accruing BPS just for playing so many short totally. passes out of their box. Yeah, so I, I, just, I think that does it's, help. It's clearly a, a flaw in the system though, right? Because I mean, oh, they, please. They, they, yeah. they, Okay. All right. I don't want to, it's too early for me to start. Let's wait till game week 18 or something before I start. I, I, I did notice that PBS bonus right. is somewhere down the running order. So we can talk about that when we get there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, uh, big points from my defense, my midfield, um, some good and some bad, I guess mostly good and not a lot of bad solid captaincy Richarlison with the brace. We talked about Richarlison last week and that I came around on Richarlison where it's like, where are my goals going to come from in the midfield apart from Salah? And, and there he, he pops up with the brace. Mesut Ozil uh, with a two-pointer. He looks like classic Ozil against Man City. Slow, um, 
angry, um, disinterested at, at points. <laughs> I thought the last 15, 20 minutes, he was basically playing like as a forward, I think. Yeah. Like he was, I think he was in the, I know that, I know that uh, Emery plays in a, in a four, three, three system. And I think that he was at the center of the attack in that system. I think that he had Abba and Laka on either side of him and he was playing through the middle, which was very interesting. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's that, it's that or, um, Laka was playing in the middle and Ozil who was playing more off to the left. I think, uh, when it, when it was, uh, Ozil, Mickey and Aubameyang. And then I think Ozil just moved centrally right behind Lacazette. Right. Um, I don't know. Check out the heat yeah. maps. Yeah, and I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but I, I actually think that um, Arsenal's attack looked pretty good. Um, I could see wanting to have a piece of that mm-hmm. uh, going into some of their easier fixtures. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily want to do that right now. I mean, going into game week to away to Chelsea. Um, not that I'm not that I'm like terrified by that Chelsea defense. Um, I actually I would not recommend bringing in a Chelsea defender at this point, but um, I do think that. Uh, it's just not a great fixture regardless, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, wait wait till game week three uh, if you don't have any Arsenal players. I mean, you know, Socrates ended up on zero points. Brendan, your boy. Yeah, uh, Licksteiner was the defender that impressed me. I mean, as oh, predicted, he came awesome. in. Yeah. He came onto the pitch and basically just lit a fire under everyone, including <laughs> the referee. At everybody. Did you see him <laughs> screaming at the referee? That was amazing. He was so angry. It was. It oh. was. And I, I thought he played really nice. Uh, yeah. They, they looked position. Much, yeah. Yeah, they they looked decent with him out there on the left. So yeah. you 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 thought their attack looked decent, Arsenal's. What did you think about Aubameyang? I thought he didn't look right. Uh, yeah, he was not the one who impressed me. I I, I actually thought that it, it was uh, really you know, Lacazette was the one who I thought was kind of impressive actually in the in the second half. Um, I mean, you know, it really it was the whole the whole Arsenal kind of. I mean, I thought their their fullbacks played pretty well. I mean. Um, uh, Baron uh, played pretty well, and uh, I don't know. It was just like it's kind. Of, it was just hard to judge because I, I thought the uh, Man City defense was so good. Yeah, um, they and were it, kind of amazing how good they were. Considered that Ben Mendy like wasn't playing defense, right? It was like <laughs> like he, basically he was three just defenders. tanking around that field. <laughs> Mendy is what a what a player. He oh, is like we the both have clum- He's we yep. we both have him. We both love him. He looks like an <laughs> FPL wonderkin this season after one game week. But he yeah. is the clumsiest. He is the clumsiest player out there. Like so many misplaced passes, oh. just clattering into people. It's but amazing. Then, it's yeah. amazing how he does it. Oh, but then both both passes were excellent. I mean, the, especially yeah. the Bernardo Silva. The the link up with with Sterling and Silva and um, uh, and Mendy was was really beautiful. It was a great second goal. I mean, there, I, I really don't know if you can blame the Arsenal defense for that. I just thought it was really slick and it's like a, it was like a training ground play. I mean, it was just so so yeah. well you know so well timed. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, one that we need to talk about here in my midfield is Diogo Yota. Uh, right. He came through with an assist. I think we're going to talk a bit more about Wolves and and midfield, but so let's let's not even really address it here. We'll, we'll wait till we get to our ten questions. But the question will be: If you're a Yota owner, are you jumping on the Neves bandwagon right away? So that's a question that we yeah. have to answer. Yeah. Uh, well, that, so, we we will get into that. Yeah, later on in the in the pod. Yeah, I just question. don't want I don't want to dwell on it here uh, before we get to your team. Uh but up front Josh King, Sergio Aguero, nothing from either of them. I benched Arnatovich. Dale Stevens comes in as my fifth midfielder and everyone's favorite bench player, Juan Bissaka, 12 points, uh clean sheet, three bonus. 
he completely uh, skinned Ryan Sessegnon alive, one of the fastest, <laughs> youngest, yeah. brightest-looking players new to the Premier League, and Wambasaka just had a Wambasaka had a field day with him. It was yeah. it was incredible. Uh, it was embarrassing for Sessegnon to be to be honest. Yeah, and and like you, I, I have Wambasaka on my bench uh, as well, and. Whatever, you know, I mean, honestly, I mean, you know, Fulham should have scored a couple different times that match. I mean, Hennessy had a fantastic game. Uh, you know, if Hennessy doesn't do that, then it's it's t- the bonus point system. Oh, and Shirley should have had a penalty uh, easily. Right. I, don't, I yeah, do not so, understand how that was not called. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, you know, the the, the Fulham not scoring in that game actually had pretty massive uh, fantasy implications. I mean, maybe not overall. I mean, the ownership levels for all of these players are it's not super high except for Zaha, I guess. Um, so it, d- it didn't like change things radically, but it was just, I felt like within the community of people who are taking the game sort of extra seriously or whatever, like, I think if you listen, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably in that category, um, or to take it reasonably seriously. Like I, we all have like a crystal palace defender, right? They have good fixtures. They're super cheap. Um, it seems like it's a team on the rise. They make good buys in the off season. Um, but to me this, you know, I, I really never seriously considered starting Juan Basica. I mean, it was, he was second on my bench. Yeah, and uh, some other people online are making the same point, and I, I fully back them here. You can't be bummed about Wambasaka on your bench because you, like you're saying, Josh, you couldn't have made that call, but you take – it's not cold comfort. It should be actual comfort that you have one of the key star men from game week one who is – value is going to skyrocket yeah, over the exactly. next couple of weeks he's gonna so he's you, four million he's probably be 4.3 by friday and you don't have to make a transfer to bring him in you know yeah, <laughs> it's just right. you've already got him so either you're building team value or you just got him early either way it's it's great yeah um all right so uh that's me 87 points how did you do josh uh yeah i finished on 86 so uh one below you it's kind of interesting because we, we our team's some similarities, some differences. I had Mendy as well. I, I I went with Allison over Robertson, which was just a late decision that I made. Um, kind of one of that convoluted. It was like, you know, you start to make – it's like, you know, when you're tinkering with your team right before the season starts, and it's like one move leads to another move leads to another move. Yeah. And in my head, I had, a, I had a double Liverpool defense for a while, and then I was like, you know what? I really want Sadio Mane. I'm going to bring Mane in. And it was like when I was tinkering with my team, I needed the extra $0.5 million, So I ended up – uh, keeping Allison and dropping Robertson. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, I actually probably had that extra 0.5 million and I could have kept Robertson and brought in someone like Ederson in defense. Um, but you know, whatever, like it's like, you know, it was one of those, I, Allison actually picked up, a, you know, a phantom bonus point for <laughs> passing the ball to his defenders for a cool uh, beard. Yeah. I think he had two, two saves. And one of them was like a super long range save in the 89th mm-hmm. minute. Um, so that's great. I'll, I'll take my side. So at the end, it was only a four point difference between those two. Um, I did have Sadio Mane. I picked up 16 points from him. I, I do want to talk about him a little bit more later because I actually wonder if we need to start considering Sadio Mane a captain option for mm-hmm. some of these games. He looks so good. He looks so he, good. He looks so good. Um, you know, I mean, he really was kind of had like a, like he was kind of star crossed last year, you know, like he was, mm-hmm. I mean, he had 10 goals and eight assists. It wasn't like it was a complete disaster of a season, but Missed a lot of games, had that red card in the in the Man City game, you know, missed some matches for. And, yep. um, but I mean, he's pretty much plays just the the same role as 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 Mo Salah, just on the other side of the pitch, you know. So, uh-huh. um, so I don't know. I think I think that he's. I mean, they play away to Crystal Palace in game week two. I mean, 
most likely I will captain Salah, but I, I actually think there's an argument for, for Mane for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, maybe that's like just, you know, jumping on the bandwagon or whatever, but um, no, I, don't know. I, th- I think it's less, I, I do agree with you because I think it's less you going off of game week one results. And as you're saying, looking at last season and, and saying he, he, sh- he would have had more goals, more assists, more FPL points, I guess I should say, if, huh. if he played more, which he will play more this season. And if he doesn't get injured or kick yeah. uh, Ederson in the face again. So right. I, I, I don't think that's very knee jerky. Yeah, probably on penalties too. I mean, if, if the off season is to be believed, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's no, uh, well, I, who I, knows? I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm not the Anfield express rest in peace, but, um, <laughs> I don't know that you can take those off Mo Salah where he's going to try and bust every record yet again this season. Right. Yeah. I, I well, I don't know. I, I mean, Mo Salah wasn't really in pens, he was kind of on and off and on pens again, right? Last season, I mean, it wasn't like he was. I'm sure there are Liverpool fans out there who would know this better than I do, but I, I, he was on them and then he missed one and then wasn't like. I mean, obviously Milner was on pens for a while as well, so yeah, right. I don't know. I think there's at least a chance that Mane is on pens. I guess we don't know for sure until they have their first penalty, but we'll probably get a chance to find out in the next couple of weeks. I mean, just based on how good they looked. I mean, that that team looked like they could actually genuinely contend with Man City for the title this year, which is pretty awesome. Yep. I mean, right. They look complete, right? The defense looked good. The midfield was good. I mean, they like how many chances did West Ham have in that game? The, like, the two? Sh- like nothing. Yeah, it, it, it's true. It is true. And the shot, I think the most shocking um, difference from last season is, yeah, how solid. You, everyone will say, well, when Van Dyke came in, everything changed. They haven't conceded a single goal at Anfield in six months, I think the stat is. But it was a complete defensive performance and a defensive performance that you could tell even was pushing on the attack in ways that you hadn't seen before. Yeah. I mean, now we, we yeah. haven't even talked about Nabi Keita, who um, right. is is a link there as well. So we'll have yeah, our Keita so much corner. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. We'll, 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 we'll get Keita there. corner, always, corner with a K. Every podcast, Nabi Keita will come up at some point or another. Um, so just, yeah, I, I don't need to rehash too much of this because our teams are pretty, are fairly similar, but, um, yeah, I had Bayi Bayi, which was very, you know, very frustrating to lose that clean sheet late, but you know, it's, it's, it's all good. I think he's going to keep starting. Um, I had ben, he, ben he did Davis. look sensational, all things considered. I thought so that. too. I, I thought he looked really good as well. Uh, Ben, ben Davis, who, um, I, I think I was saying to you earlier, that was like a total Twitter pick. Like I didn't really, or maybe like I guess, our Patreon Slack that was, he was getting like, talked about by some folks there too. And I, I just sort of it, it turned my hat a little bit, but I, I really didn't have Ben Davis on my team until Thursday at midnight, you know? And then I sort of talked about, you know, it was like, I, so I, I'm not, I'm not like blaming anybody, but it was just like, it was just one of those, like, I didn't really feel it, you know, it was just like, I was kind of, he was a true midnight marauder. We all have those players. <laughs> we all have those players. Exactly. Uh, but I had Richarlison as well. I had Mane, I had Salah. Um, I had uh, Jota. It was weird. When, when Salah scored, it was like, when he's that highly owned and that highly captained, it's like, you're like, okay, good. It's like one down, you know, it was like, it was hard to be like, <laughs> I, I was not racing around the apartment when he scored. I was, it was like a, maybe a quiet fist pump. Like, all right, good. Well, nice. if you were, if you were like many of us, a Robertson owner, that goal was inflated oh, right. a little bit. Oh, because, that's true. Yeah. So good point. I, good I was point. pretty yeah. stoked about that. I'm sure a lot of our <laughs> listeners were. Yeah. The Zaha goal was big for me. Cause that was kind of when the, the, when the, we turned around a little bit. I mean, Zaha's, his ownership is high, but I feel like his ownership in the 
like um, I don't know FPL expert community, or whatever. It like started to dip the last couple of weeks. I feel like people were sort of talking themselves out of him. But I, I, there was nothing I saw in the Fulham match that made me feel like he was anything but a uh, you know a, a player that I. It, my initial thought was actually to, to bring in Zaha and then drop him for Arnie in game week two. Uh, but I think I might just roll with him now. I mean, he's basically. They're playing a, a two forward setup basically with with him and Benteke. I mean, it's not like he's t- he doesn't look like an out of position midfielder to me. He looks like a forward, you know, in their attack. So yeah. I thought he yeah. did look a little out of control as we've come to know him. Yeah. And, the uh, first half, you got the yellow card. I mean, this was a this game was a good test for me because um, I had two Crystal Palace defenders, one on my bench, but as a Fulham fan and and finally uh, Fulham back in the league, am I going to be able to um, balance my alliance, team alliance with fantasy? And I was pulling for Fulham all the way. And I was just tearing my TV off of the stand for the goalkeeping from Fabry. Just played like a complete idiot. And well well done to Zaha for scoring. Yeah, well done to him for scoring that goal. But what was he doing? Um, so I fully expect to see Sergio Rico in goal because Fabri looks a liability for Fulham right yeah. now. Uh, by the way, speaking of goalkeepers, I'm glad that I brought in Hamer as my backup keeper. I mean, I don't know if he'll, he'll ever really play, but um, if Hamer continues to start, uh, a four million starting keeper, man, that's like a that's a, a true rarity in FBL. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, speaking of rarities, I have a set and forget keeper with Ederson, but the thing that spooked me. Uh, uh, leading up to the game week one deadline was this talk of Ederson's impending the the birth of his child that's coming up and will okay. he will he miss any match time because the <laughs> baby is born? It's been this known to a, happen. A true FPL nerd moment right here, yep, right? To like, yep, yep. like you know, yeah, get like the get the um, get the latest reading, you know, from yeah. the um, yeah, from the doctor. Yep. So I'm like, what what am I gonna do if Ederson doesn't start and I've just got some scrub goalkeeper on my bench? So I laid out another point five to bring in Rui Patricio from Wolves. Uh, And now I have a starting Wolverhampton goalkeeper who is never going to see the light of day unless Ederson decides to take some quality family time, which more power to him. Also, a Wolves team that looks like they will not keep a single clean sheet all season. <laughs> they will be they will be the Liverpool of five years ago, where it's like all Showtime attack and zero defense. They conceded two goals to Everton, even though they were a man up for the. I mean, they conceded one of the goals while that while it was still eleven on eleven. They they could have lost the game like four to two, even though they, yeah. even though they were the you know they they score right after the they went up. Man, it was there was a. It, it was super fun. I mean, I'm like all in on Wolverhampton. Oh, yeah. Like we were a, texting each experience. other uh, yeah. back and forth, just like yeah. expressing mad desire for Wolverhampton. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're a really fun team. Uh, all right, Brandon. So um, let's let's quickly talk about the um, – okay, two things actually. One is I want to say thank you to our newest patrons. Uh, we had a bunch uh, since last week's podcast. So um, very quickly, thank you to Andrew Brumby, Sean Rothery, David Purcell, Johan Strom, Greg Capon, Phil Bauman, Brian Moss, Alex Rogers, Peter Harper, Irfan Nazir, and Martin Lindbergh. Thank you to all of you. And then we had a couple of upgraded patrons as well. Uh, Jim Payne and Adam Benjamin, who are both new um, 
producer level patrons and Daniel Bloodworth, who is now a Poku patron. Uh, so thank you to all of you guys. And uh, if you still want to, if you'd like to become a you know, part of the Patreon network or just support the podcast, um, you can still join all of our leagues. Um, you also get access to our Slack where you can you can chat with other people. Um, the Slack is. Uh, been really it's it's interesting because i know that um there are a lot of different places to chat about strategy i think ours is a little different than others because um i think it's got to be the funniest slack uh Uh, it is like a really in terms of like nerdy fantasy slacks i think ours has got to be the funniest um because it's just like it's just it's very like it's it's serious but it's like everyone is very like very willing to make fun of themselves and, and also make fun of us, which I appreciate. I like being made fun <laughs> yeah. of. I've I, I, never minded being made fun of. <laughs> excellent. Yes. Uh, also shout out to all the foot golf talk on the, uh, on the slack. So uh, <laughs> yeah. there we go. Uh, and let's, let's run through the top 10 of the always cheating super league, the league of leagues. It's free to join, go to always cheating.com, click the league tab or the, the code is um, everywhere, including the show notes here. Uh, but we're verging on 4,000 managers there in that league. Join anytime. Top 10. Just looking at the Super League results, what a massive game week one. You have to go down uh, close to 175 managers before you get people who are getting sub 100 game weeks. Just incredible scores. It was it was a really it was a game week to remember. It, really, it was really it's a genuinely memorable, interesting game week to start the yeah. season. All right, so the Super League top ten. Uh, we've got a four way tie for tenth with uh, Magna Rising, Andre McKinnon, Hunter McNally, and Peter Locke. Ninth place, it's Martin Doherty, and we have a four way tie for fifth. Timothy Wright, Te, uh, Tejas Sechadeva. Apologies for the pronunciation, guys. Uh, Roland Cook and. Uh, Aravind Vazudevan, uh, also in fifth place. In fourth place, it's Fonier Zar So Scotty. Uh, perhaps that's a joke in there somewhere, and I'm not picking up on it. Third place, Jason Gorman. Second place, Salvador Gonzalez. And in first place, with 126 points on the game week, Mark McCarthy. He played his bench boost and uh, had uh, Juan Basaka on the bench, uh, Ruben Neves with 12 points, and Jimenez in six, and Patricio also on the bench with two. So we were talking about this before we started recording, Josh. Total punt to play your bench boost in game week one, but if you play your bench boost at any point in the season and you finish on, what, 24, 32 points on the bench, that's a huge <laughs> success. So, yeah, you would um, take that any time. Yeah. So Mark's got his bench boost done, dusted, out of the way, points in the bank. Well done to you, sir. Yeah. And uh, just a quick shout out to the uh, the top six in our Patreon league. Uh, I wanted to do a quick shout out to our 100 pointers. Uh, that's um, Vinyl Richie, Richard Nyquist uh, in sixth, uh, Guy Politis in fifth, Johan Strom in fourth, uh, Malar Rowe in third. Uh, Rick Sito in second. Uh, Rick Sito just joined our, our personal mini league this year, uh, and he feels like a total ringer now because he's like 20 points ahead of everybody uh, with his 107 points. And uh, Roland Cook in first. Congratulations uh, to all of you. Congrats, guys. Brandon, let's take a break. Let's get back. Let's talk about 10 things we think we think after game week one. Uh, and that is a nod to Peter King, the uh, – I was going to say late grade. He's actually still alive, but I don't think he writes this column anymore. <laughs> used to be this column for Sports Illustrated called 10 Things I Think I Think that was about a uh, Monday morning quarterback thing for the NFL. And uh, I used to always love that column. So uh, we are just straight up stealing that column idea, Brandon. Stealing content, just like the best uh, the best brands out there. Cool. We'll be right <laughs> <That's> back. Right. <laughs> 
All right, Brandon, uh, we're back. Ten things we think we think after game week one. Uh, the first one is uh, nobody got rested. Uh, nobody. I don't know. I All this talk about the World Cup and, and rest, and we weren't going to see Hazard or uh, Harry Kane or Raheem Sterling. Game week three at the at the earliest. There's there yeah. no way we were seeing these guys until get then. a nice head start going. <laughs> now I know that in recent, like in the last week or so, they, they have been you know, playing some minutes here and there, and you know, you know, getting some like bench time. Some of them have. I mean, Raheem Sterling. I don't think he played a single minute in the preseason with with Man City. He played there the was an interview. Today. There was an interview he, uh, in this with the state U.S. broadcasting team with Raheem after that uh, Arsenal match. They asked him how it was coming back from the World Cup and how much training he'd actually done. And he said he'd done, I think, about six days worth of training. And he was uh, actually meant to take three weeks off and ended up only taking, I think, five days vacation. Wow. Before wow. he was like, it's sort of like when uh, when the soldier gets taken off the front line. They're like, you know what? I need to be back with my guys. Yeah. Well, also, they bought like. You know, I mean, you know, the, the team is just like Bernardo Silva's playing better. Uh, they brought they bought Riyad Mahrez. Um, I mean, guess there's just a lot of competition for starting spots there, yeah, right? And so it's yeah. like, you know, it's like don't let anybody steal your don't don't get Wally pipped. <laughs> yeah, you know, for sure. So, so, AL, so that's a, a hundred year old baseball <laughs> reference for you there. Al asks a question: How do you both feel about the ownership of all the World Cup players that were supposed to be arrested, such as Kane, etc.? Um. Kane is a guy who definitely should have been arrested because he yeah. looked like trash to me. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he obviously he a legend. Always does to start this. He always does to start the season anyway, right? Yeah, uh-huh, that's true. But, yeah, never scored in August. I mean, the, the annoying one to me was N'Golo Conte. I mean, not that I was going to have my team anyway, but you know, he's, he's, every year he's got this you know insanely high ownership. I mean, what what is he at right now? He's at um. Uh, sorry, uh, he's at twenty one percent ownership, right? Because he's cheap, and uh, you know. But I mean, you know, for him to pick up a goal after winning the World Cup, he, he was like the last player I thought was going to play in game week one, right? So uh, that that one was kind of like, uh, I mean, whatever. It doesn't, you know, it was just like, it was kind of annoying. Well, one. it's 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 probably just going to screw up a bunch of um, novice managers, right? Like people are going to say, "Oh, Conte, he's just an incredible player, player of the season, won the World Cup." so on and so right. forth i'm gonna bring him in he's also really cheap scored a goal right. we all uh seasoned managers know he will not do that again i mean maybe he'll score well, one more goal the rest of the season if yeah, we're lucky. The, the one the one thing i will say is that there there has been some some talk that with Jorginho in the squad it will free conte up to move forward a little bit more i mean i'm not saying he's going to turn into you know uh william or something but like um I, th- I think we might see him in more advanced positions now i mean I, I, again, I, I don't recommend bringing him into your squad, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him do a, a little bit better this season from an attacking Ad, perspective. Advanced positions they may be, but Conte is not a gifted shooter of the ball. I mean, pa, Paul Pogba right. is better at shooting than, than Conte is. So I, I take you your take point. take that back. <laughs> Jorginho, though, uh, let's just spare a quick moment for him. Also priced at 5.0 on pens. Um, yeah. He could be a Milivojevic level player for, for some teams, right? <laughs> It, it's it's just a cla- it's the classic game week one thing where two two deep line playmakers you know borderline defensive midfielders uh, Jorginho even more so right like yeah. pick up points and the bandwagon starts you you didn't you don't want Jorginho in your yeah, team right? I, 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 yeah I guess the smart person would observe Hazard still clearly on penalties if he's on the pitch so Jorginho is not really a um, 
yeah. in your mind for that. Yeah, Pedro, I think, is is interesting. I mean, you know, six point five million uh, picks up a goal. I mean, the thing about about Sari, the thing that I think a lot of people, or at least I'm excited about, is that he doesn't. Uh, he has a reputation for not rotating. Like actually, in some ways, it's a complaint about him is that he doesn't rotate enough. Uh, but this is you know music to the ears of fantasy managers, right? I mean, you know, we all love a manager who like that season when Mourinho won the won the championship with Chelsea uh, four years ago, whatever it was. And you know, I think it was three players played every minute of that season. I think it was. Uh, was it Hazard, Ivanovic, and um, John Terry? Probably John Terry, perhaps. Yeah. So I mean, those those, those three played every minute of the season. I mean, that's it's like the, the dream. I mean, it feels like <laughs> like it's it's never going to happen again. You know. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was Caesar Espelicueta. Who knows? Um, so how are we feeling about Harry Kane? We we thought we wouldn't have to think about this guy who's at twelve point five, just a ridiculous price. His ownership is above thirty percent, despite all the rumors of him not. Starting and there he is starting. Right. Um, how quickly? So the logic preseason was well, we'll get around to it when we play our wild cards. Does the fact that he's right. already starting give you any pause? Are you concerned? Well, I, I mean, I, to bring him in, I'd have to burn four, which I'm not going to do. Um, you know, I mean, I, I'd have to drop Sergio Aguero at home to Huddersfield, which I'm not going to do. Um, if I had, even if I had, um, a bombing, I don't think I'd do it. You know, I mean, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't burn four. I guess if you could, if you just kept enough money in your bank to, to make the cane move, then sure. You know, I think you could do it. But I mean, you know, the situation is that he's, they're way to Man United in game week three. I mean, that's not a good fixture for him. Yeah. So, I think people are going to eye up that, um, Fulham match in game week two and say Fulham's defense is in complete disarray coming into the league. They'll target some managers will target that as a, a possible, uh, more than one yeah. goal game for Kane. It, it seems improbable that he would continue to never score in August. Like, <laughs> yeah, it will happen at some point, you would, right? You would think so, but he didn't look close to scoring in this game. I mean, he could like he looked like he could barely string a pass together. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's being a little too harsh, maybe, but like he did not look like he was ready to be on the pitch. The biggest one for me, World Cup wise, is Sterling. We, we already touched upon him, but him coming back and starting. A, it, he's the one that I would want to have the most at this point, yeah. even above De Bruyne, yeah. who came on as a substitute. Yeah. He's the one I'd want the most, but it is that 11 million price tag and that's major <laughs> surgery. It's eye-watering. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's just not going to happen. And my, my only hope as a, as a probably non-Sterling owner for the unforeseeable future is that Pep's tinkers around with some midfield rotation. Yeah. I mean, Leroy Sané on the bench um, for a majority of the game, a bit of that poor Sané, like what a bad run for him. Just can't get a break in terms of uh, respect from his managers. But yeah, I mean, the same thing happened at the start of last season. Remember, I don't know if he doesn't like train hard enough in the off season. Remember last season, you know, he came off the bench too. Uh, the first couple of game weeks, it wasn't really until Benjamin Mendy got that injured that he finally, uh, you know, sort of really became, you know, a full-time starter in that yeah, team. Yeah, that's interesting. He didn't really put his best foot forward in the charity shield either, so that might be that might be an issue. Part and Pep, Pep had some things to say, particularly saying Bernardo Silva is the only player in the squad who who came to play at the charity shield. So that yeah, that could be something to do with it. Yeah. So that's yeah. Eric Freeman's question about uh, are there any players out there that you would rearrange your current team to bring them in? Um, yeah, I do think that Sterling is the one is tempting, but. Um, that's some serious rearranging, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it just sort of depends on when you play your wild card. I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot of talk about playing your wild card early, and you know, if if you just feel like fundamentally your team is just like a short term team, then I, I 
I think even if you're doing great, I think it's very reasonable to, to play your wild card. There was a uh, FPL fly on Twitter at a post earlier this, uh, earlier today about how he had, yeah, I think it was like 5,000 in the world or something after game week one, but he, he knew that his team was was not built for the long term. And he, but his score was so good that he kind of waited it out for four weeks. Uh, and by the time he finally played his wild card, he was all the way down to 178,000 in the world, yeah. um, which is still good. But, you know, when you started at 5,000, um, and so, you know, and I, I kind of had like a similar thing happened to me last year where I just didn't feel like I was ready to, my team was not strong enough for the fixtures ahead. And yeah. I actually feel, I, I don't feel that way about this team right now. I actually feel like it is built pretty strongly, but, um, yeah, but regardless, I, you know, people like Kane and Sterling, I don't see myself bringing them in until game week four. I, I kind yeah. of like my team for the next two weeks and then, yeah. then come game week four, I might reconsider maybe in game week three, actually, when Arsenal's fixtures get better. So this is a good segue into a sidebar on uh, early season transfers. Hannah asked, should we make early transfers at the start of the season? Prices tend to fluctuate wildly at the beginning, so it can be a good opportunity to build team values. Already we see um, bandwagons forming. Uh, FPL Statistics has Neves, Juan Basaka, Shaw, Pogba, Richarlson, Mendy, all due to rise tonight. Uh, Mendy is right on the bubble there. Um I, I, here's a I, here's a question for you, Brandon. Okay. Um, so I'm looking at the the highest scoring players for this game week, um, and you know there. So one thing that we talked about in last week's podcast, you know, the managers who've won the league the last few years, you know, a lot of them did wild card very early, and you know, part of the idea is that you need to get on these players fast because once their price rises come, it can be very hard to. It can just be very hard to bring them in, or it requires you to to ultimately drop players you want to keep because you don't have the money to do a straight swap, you know, things like that. Um, or you can't, you know, you, you don't have the, you have to burn, you, know, you have to transfer three players instead of two just because you can't quite make the the, the funds work. Um, so just looking at like some of the top scoring players, I mean, Juan Basaka to me is a bandwagon that I would want to get on right away, right? Like I think it would yeah. be totally reasonable to take one of your 4.5 or 4 million defenders and transfer him in for Juan Basaka right now. Yeah. And I'd put it this way in that, um, Juan Basaka is almost a safe early season transfer because you know, right. he will gain in value. We're almost certain that he will start basically the entire season if everything goes according to plan. So he's not yeah. a risk. So it's great value, low money. You'll earn team value. If you're looking at attacking players, there are bandwagons there that are probably less sustainable, more punty. I mean, Richarlson, I do think, is a great player to have. But the bandwagon that's forming around Richarlson right now, the FPL Stag made this point um, on his Twitter feed of Richarlson had two shots on goal and scored two goals. What we know of Richarlison from last season was he was an exciting attacking player, but his form really dipped, and he doesn't have the best finishing yeah. yet. He's still a young, True, but, young but guy. Th- but three of their next four fixtures are at home, and you know I think what's what's tempting about him is that he's so cheap. I mean, you know, he's, yeah. he's, you don't have to destroy your team to bring in someone like him. I guess my my point is not necessarily about Richarlison, but my point is a lot of the attacking bandwagons are going to be based could be based on fluky data. Um, All right. I mean, here's the here's the biggest one, Ruben Neves. Yeah, so we both talked about this as as Yota owners. We're sitting on a guy who, yeah, he got an assist, but he's 6.5 versus Ruben Neves, who is 5.0. What an incredible game he had. So um, <laughs> yeah. he's he's a deeper-lying midfielder. He wasn't like their, their flair attacker like Yota was in the championship last season. 
But Neves was involved in nearly everything that Wolves did against Everton. He was on all the set pieces, took that beautiful free kick. Um, I am like of all the of all the bandwagons, that's the one that I'm backing. Well, it's it's tempting to to drop Jota for Neves because um, that 1.5 million is basically the 1.5 million you need to go from Kane or Aubameyang to or to go from Aubameyang or Aguero to Kane. Yeah. So. If you view it through that specific lens, I think it's tempting. Uh, I think if you look at it more objectively, I, I do think I, I think it was raining pretty hard in that match, and I I really wonder if that if the rain was, was just changed that game a little bit, you know, and it sure. didn't really give them it didn't it kind of gave Everton a chance to um um you know a chance like uh, basically like the, the it was easier to, like the, the the rain was almost like at the 11th player for them you know yeah, yeah, yeah. like it yeah. just slow, it slowed the whole game down yeah i guess i'm not advocating that both of us immediately drop drop yota because like we had to practice what we preach to a degree and exercise right. patience here and right. wolves fans um on reddit were all saying well yota just had a bad game um he still it wasn't even land- that bad. It, yeah, bad it wasn't even half. that bad, just in, in terms of what they were used to seeing last season. And he walked away with an assist. And I feel like you've got to be happy seeing Wolves being that attacking. Uh, as as you were yeah. saying earlier, they're going to produce some a, a lot of goals uh, in the near future. And you would expect Yota to be uh, more involved than he was against Everton. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I'm definitely not going to drop uh, Yota away before this away match to Leicester, right? You know, I, mean, I, I I certainly I would be surprised if Wolves didn't score in that game. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, so the next point we want to talk about is this might be the year of the defender. I see you've already submitted for a trademark, trademark on that. Yeah, that's year right, of patent the pending. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So yeah, um, if had I <laughs> had I played five at the back, I would have ended on. Um, well, I would have still been sub one hundred, but. My defense just hit it out of the park to mix my sports metaphors. Um, I was I was somewhat skeptical at, in preseason that this truly would be a year to really stack up on premium defense. And we just mm-hmm. have one week's worth of data. So what can we take away from that? I mean, you I, I got I feel like I kind of got away with it. Um not diversifying a lot. So I'm just with Palace, Liverpool, and City defenders. Um, for yeah. what it's worth, you've diversified a bit more. You have Spurs and Manchester United, two historically fantastic defensive teams. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's interesting because I, I really did make an effort to to put all, quite a lot of money into my defense this year. It, I, I would say the results are somewhat mixed. I mean, they're mostly positive because I did get the fifteen from Mindy and and the seven from Allison. It, it, it feels more mixed because I didn't get the twelve or the eleven from Robertson or. Um, you know, I didn't bring Patrick Van Anhold in. You know, like there are players that, you know, I don't know. It's like this is how it is before after game week one every season, right? There's like every player who does well was in your team yeah. at one point, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stay. I mean, the thing about bringing in premium defenders is you don't bring them in for one game. Like they're, they're not punts. They're yeah. they're players that, you know, this is the reason why, you know, um, uh, Aspliqueta finishes like the top three defender rankings every single year. Right, because he is an incredible defender, you know, stays healthy, plays every match, 
um, gets just enough attacking returns, um, gets tons of defensive bonus points. I mean, I guess we'll see what he's like in Sorry System, but um, you know, you just buy a player like like Azpilicueta and you just keep them in your squad all year. And you know, I hope that Bayi can be that player. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I think Mendy, Mendy and Davis are a little riskier. I think. I mean, Mendy, we listen. I mean, you know, if we get thirty starts out of Mendy this year, that's that'll be like a miracle, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Not just because the injury, but just because Pep, you know, rotates so much. Yeah. Um, and you know, Davis, we'll, we'll see where Danny Rose is, you know, I mean, I don't know that, um, I, I think, Dan, I don't know if Danny Rose is kind of still in the doghouse a little bit or, or if he starts pushing for a start, I, I, I don't see him starting, you know, anytime super soon though. No, uh, I, I don't, I don't either. The way I'm looking at my defense right now is effectively an investment. And I felt going into game week one, I, there were more knowns with, um, defenses in Liverpool and City and I had some unanswered questions with attackers so since I'm doubled up with City and Liverpool and and Palace I can start to move them around once it becomes clearer to me where I want to go with different midfielders maybe strikers so I'm just sort of keeping I'm keeping my money in the strong box of uh, Virgil van Dijk right now and and maybe I'll maybe he gets downgraded when I'm ready to spend uh, in an attacker uh, Uppercut Panda says, "Is this the year of five at the back? Do you th- could you do it? Could you? Could you? Do you think you could roll out? I mean, you rolled out four this week, and you know you should have rolled out five. No, I'll, I don't think I ever will. I just can't. I can't see it unless uh, it's a blank game week situation by necessity. So it's just, it's no fun. It's no fun. <laughs> and I mean, I I definitely got away with murder getting um, right. so a goalkeeper and four defenders, and I'm." five out of five clean sheets like that. Will I be able to replicate that again this season? It's, it's such a tightrope, man. It's hard to believe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Liverpool are way to palace. I mean, you, you, you probably expect palace to score a goal in that game. And yeah. uh, I mean, city, city, you probably would expect a, a clean sheet there. I mean, home to Huddersfield, they'd be shocked if Huddersfield scored in that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing is you got through the Arsenal match with, with your double city, you know, yep. and now, now you, now you're, now you're looking good for a while. I think, I mean, yeah. even away to Wolves in game week three, um, mm-hmm. I think the bigger risk there is, is the rotation and maybe yeah. maybe Ederson's child. <laughs> yeah. The child of Ederson. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Alex says with so many premium forwards blanking, is it clearer than ever to invest heavily in the defense and midfield? So it's, it's just one game week worth of data, Alex, we're, we're the, we know we what was I, I was thinking about this in some grand poetic terms um before the podcast of like we know we don't know what we're gonna know at the end of the season so right um to say that you know what the whole season is going to be after game week one um you right. can't say it so we and and you look back at seasons past and we'll 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 revert to the mean uh, in terms of defense at some point. Well, and just, I mean, you know, Kane is home to Fulham, uh, Guerra is home to Huddersfield in game week two. I mean, if they both get hat tricks, then, you know, I mean, the questions will be, is it the year to invest heavily in, in your, in a premium forward? You know, I, I'm not saying that Alex is like being totally knee jerk here, but just, you know, the, the sort of the conversation can shift very quickly, you know, depending on how any particular game week goes. So I, I do, th- I, I think I agree with you basically, which is that it's, it's too early to say, I mean, um, I will say if I'd known that Sterling was going to play starting in game week one, um, I might have gone for five through the middle. Um, I just didn't think he was going to play, you know, yeah. um, 
I, I didn't. I mean, for him to play, for him to start and play eighty plus minutes and score a goal. I mean, it was just. It was all very surprising. I mean, and honestly, he had the assist to the assist for the second goal. I mean, he was super crucial to that team. Like, yeah. proved his value immediately. You know, so um, you know, and then KDB came on too, and um, he didn't look great. Um, but I'm sure he'll be fine in a you know couple weeks. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the biggest question for me with Man City is how how is the priority to win the Champions League this season? And not that you can just it's like your boss saying, "Here, make this video go viral on the internet." It's not as easy <laughs> as was waving a yeah. magic wand and making it happen. But I do wonder if we'll see even more rotation in the Premier League as they as they really drive for the Champions League final. Yeah, yeah. I, well, yeah, and I guess we'll see in a few weeks when the when the Champions League Indeed, you know, starts we will. up. So, uh, what th- the third thing that we we think we think uh, this one I, I would say is closer to we know we we now know for sure, uh, <laughs> which is to go heavy on Liverpool. Uh, Byron Bruce says, uh, having just watched Liverpool rip apart West Ham, uh, and with Sane posting a brilliant return with Salah ever threatening, um, is there a case for allocating over twenty percent of your budget to a double double Liverpool midfield? Um, I think this is a, I think there's a strong case for it. Yeah. I, I don't think we have to analyze this too much. Like, yeah, absolutely. Go okay, for it. So you've got Ozil, you've got Ozil at 8.5 million. Are you already thinking about trying to find a way to bring in, um, Saudi Amane? Um, because I'm you already, know, he said, by the way, he said Sane, he meant money. He made the Sane money mistake that I make all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, funny that is, uh, I'm already tripled up on Liverpool with Van Dyke and Robertson right, behind Salah. Right. So I can't. And also I, I was encouraged by the, uh, as you were Arsenal's attack at the tail end when Lacazette came on for Arsenal, yeah. Ozil looked like he will be, um, around in the box trying to score goals so i'm gonna stick with it i'm gonna persist so van dyke and robertson between the it took robertson getting an assist both of them getting a clean sheet to match sadio mane's points full stop um uh so i'm covering mane with two players uh and i think that tells you everything you need to know and that i think the upside with mane is so much higher as compared to Liverpool's defense right now, as strong as they look. So I, um, right. I'm happy with my team layout yeah. as it is. But if you're starting yeah. from scratch, I'd say go for a midfield, go for an attacking double up, be it Mane or Firmino. Yeah, I had a moment on Thursday night where I was working on my team and uh, I was debating between Mane and and Sanchez, um, and I just thought, well, what what am I? I I'm overthinking this because Mane does everything that Sanchez does, and he's a million cheaper, um, and. You know, it was like the, it was only that Leicester game. On, you know, it was a Leicester home match that that was that was throwing me off a little bit. But uh, I think we saw it. I mean, you know, Mane is, you know, I mean, the way that Mane, Firmino, and Salah play. I mean, they're all they're all right there at the, at the center of the attack. You know, and they're all. Um, I mean, there was this line that Klopp said after the um, after the game was over. Dave from Berlin was like, "You got to bring this up in the in the podcast." But he said to me like, "You know, rotation is the way of the future in the Premier League." And it was this sort of, <laughs> sort of ominous Jeez, line. that's dark, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's it's obviously true. I mean, you know, given all these uh, – given all the European commitments to the top clubs, I mean, that we've already – we already see it with Man City, you know. So, yeah. um, but, you know, I, I, that t- it doesn't scare me off, off you know, money for that, – that's for sure. I mean, and him coming out from the 80th minute, I mean, that was great too, right? I mean, get, you know, 
a little extra time here and there. It's like it's all, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll save it for the next game. Sometimes rotation, too. I think we saw this a lot with Klopp last season is rotation for him is giving his big attacking players 65 minutes and then bringing them off, um, you know, depending on what tactics are needed. But um, basically just lessening their game, lessening their game time, but still giving them starts. Yeah. Um, I, well, and so, I mean, even like when they come off the bench though, they can score too. I mean, we've seen it with, with Salah in particular, you yeah. know? So, um, Adam, Adam Benjamin, uh, producer Adam Benjamin says, would it be knee jerk to swap for meter to Mane after next week? If Mane proves his worth again, I mean, uh, two game weeks worth of information. It's less of a knee jerk. Uh, I don't know. I mean, for me, we know, we know what Firmino is, though. I mean, Firmino is going to be. I mean, he already picked up an assist today. I mean, Firmino is going to be in the points plenty of times this season. I yeah, right. I, I think it's a little knee jerk stuff. Yeah, I I totally agree. And uh, we we should spare a moment for Nabi Keita. FPL Wallpass says Keita just good for real life football or good for fantasy too. Keita got forward a bit, but. As we're talking about Firmino, Mane, Salah, and all the great defensive assets at Liverpool, I'm failing to see. It's it's sort of the Lalana syndrome back when Lalana was right. fit and healthy and part of the attack is he was a cheap way into the Liverpool offense, but you were never going to get the same level of points as you were from the other attackers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess he was, he had that like half a season Alana did, but yeah, I, I, I do agree. Um, all right. Our fourth thing we think we think is, um, also in addition to Liverpool, let's also go heavy on Manchester city. Right? Oh, you don't say we, we, we're really, yeah, we're really I, going I, out on a limb on this podcast. These we're not, we're not, we're not trying to like blow your heads back here. We're just, <laughs> we're just confirming things that you should be thinking about yourself. Uh, and if you're not tripled up on man city, you should definitely start to think about it. Yeah. I think we answered some of these questions, but real quick, Nav says, will Sterling ever be an option considering his price? Um, I think both you and I agree, Josh, that we'd love him to be, but at this point, it's going to require some surgery. So wild card, is it going to morph into a Sterling wild card as opposed to a Kane wild card in, in four or five weeks or three weeks or whatever you're planning? Right. Well, possibly. I mean, he's a great player. He probably is worth that price, to be totally honest. I mean, maybe the goal today is is just... I don't know. It's either swaying me or confirming an opinion I already have. But I, I didn't really balk at that price. I mean, you know, based on his returns last year, um, it's a reasonable price. It's it's just, you know, again, I mean, uh, you know, one Nav also says, are we not assessing it clearly because he was so cheap last year? I mean, honestly, I, I, it's hard for me to see Sterling through the spectrum of how cheap he was three or four years ago. You know, I still see him as a 4.5 million option yeah. on Liverpool. You know, I mean, it's like... The the arc from four point five million player to to eleven million Manchester City starter is so dissian. It, like it, it is. So is, does that mean he's going to go all the way back? Yeah. He's got to return to four point five. Yeah, he's going. the time it's over. <laughs> that's that's what I see. That's what I predict. Sort of sort of what Rain, Wayne Rooney was doing by the time he made it back to Everton. <laughs> he was. That was definitely Odyssean. <laughs> all right. Anyone says question? Do I downgrade Sanchez uh, now for a Man City mid? I had Bernardo Silva already. Or wait a week to downgrade to Mane in week three. So um, here, I just like a supplemental question. 
Uh, supplemental question. What possessed me to get Sanchez in the first place? Okay, so <laughs> first, first we can talk about Sanchez. Second is um, w- we talk about patience. Is patience required with Alexis Sanchez, or is this one of those situations? And um, I mean, I believe what I saw in that United Leicester game and that Sanchez is the same displaced person that he was when he arrived at Old Trafford last season. He doesn't know where he is, who he's playing for or why he's there. Uh, and uh, Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm just, I'm just jumping in here, Brandon, because I, I am reordering the podcast on the fly. I'm moving, I'm moving one of the things we think we think up because it's so relevant right now. And let's jump right into point number five, Brandon, because we talked about Man City a lot already. Uh, Alexis Sanchez. Probably not worth the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess taking what I've said, I do agree. Byron James asks, is Alexis over now? He's way too high at 10.5. Looked overweight and slow. Has scored three <laughs> goals in 19 for United. And that's before you even start on what a dysfunctional team it is generally. Who's fatter, Josh, Luke Shaw, or Alexis Sanchez? <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard Alexis Sanchez described as overweight before. Yeah, that dude, when that, that, like when that guy takes his shirt off, he's like Bruce Lee. <laughs> uh, he's, he doesn't have a great haircut right now. He I, has I, a that, very workman-like haircut. But he he, <laughs> he is a bedhead legend. I feel like when he was at Arsenal, I always looked bad, like he can, rolled out of bed. Can a bad haircut make you look fat? It's, it's possible, oh, right? Well, with a, bad yeah. haircuts can do – Can your family leaves you, you lose your job, you're on the street basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sanchez is just, he's just too expensive. Uh, you know, we saw it in the, I mean, there was a moment, you know, five minutes into the Man U game where, I mean, United game where, uh, you know, he wins the penalty, tries to take it off Pogba. And I don't know if he was sulking because Pogba would let him, that was just a stupid, I, uh, like, just give, give me a break, guys. Like, figure that out before the match starts. What a hilarious um, sight, too, because Pogba is at least a foot taller than Alexis. <laughs> and Pogba was also yeah. just like, World Cup, dog. Check it out. Yeah. And then it was like Alexis was just done. You know, <laughs> it's like the goals in the second minute. He's like, ah, okay. I'm, then I'm done. I'm checked out. Uh, I mean, did did he – I mean, he was still running all over the place, but it was kind of – sometimes I feel like his running is like – I've really turned on Alexis. I used to love Alexis. Sure. And now I just find him well, so I mean, annoying. FPL legend back in the day. So, totally. Super fun player. So positive back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Peter Alexi and Peter Gray are already asking, like, should we just dump this guy now? Peter uh, says, I didn't like Sanchez's display, but I'm willing to give him one more week. Would you? And uh, yeah, I would. I mean, a way to Brighton. I mean, come on. Like Brighton's bad. <laughs> I know they made like a bunch of buys this offseason, but uh, I mean, Alexis could absolutely score a goal in that game. I wouldn't I would if he doesn't do anything in the Brighton match, then yes, definitely cup eight. But I think it's too early to I, I don't know. I mean, I, I this, this is like the kind of situation that comes up a lot on the podcast. You know, it's like, do you do you, this this talented player doesn't perform? Do I bring another talented player who's kind of at the same level as this player? But might you know, it's just like. It's hard to judge, you know, but I, I do think that I would just hold with Sanchez if I if I had him. We preach patience, and I think that's good. And I think for the most part, if we it's just one game week, patience, stick with your key players. But um, in this case with Alexis Sanchez, I don't think it's like a talented player has one week off. This is a continuation of what we saw last season. Um, right. So I don't know that Peter has a lot of has a lot of reason to 
keep the faith. And if we're yeah. talking well, about guys like yeah. Sadio Mane, who are going to probably produce in this really flare attack that Manchester United doesn't have right now. Um, yeah. If you have no other business to do in your FPL side ahead of game week two, I wouldn't say no. But in, in this yeah, particular case. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I, I wouldn't, I would, I, I, to me, it's too knee jerk to move him already. I mean, I think everything we said can still be true and I would still hold off for one more week because I, I do like that Brighton fixture a lot for him. All right. Fair enough. Um, let's take a quick break, let's, Josh. Yeah, let's take a break. Have some water. Mm, water. Hydrate. <laughs> Josh, let's take a minute and talk about our friends at Starting Eleven. Does FPL have you stressed out, Josh? We spent so much of the preseason planning for the long term. Game week one, either it worked out or it didn't. You need to step away from that FPL uh, game and do something that's fun, that's quick, and that is also for cash prizes. Starting 11 is an app that's available for your iPhone and your Android. You can play cash games live in the UK, the US, Canada, and Germany for iOS. And we have free and cash games available everywhere soon for your Android phone. Starting 11, again, it's daily fantasy for cash prizes. You can play this any day in which there are two or more Premier League matches happening. And when you set up your team for those matches that are happening on that day, you have no budget limitations. You can adjust your lineup right up to kickoff. So when you see those team sheets for the first matches of the day, you can adjust as needed. And uh, you have three live in-game substitutions that you can make right on the Starting Eleven app. So as you're seeing how players are, are performing, what substitutions happen, you yourself can be the manager within the Starting Eleven app and adjust your team on the fly. And a big feature coming up for Starting Eleven, Mini League. So you and your friends can set up an ongoing competition uh, uh, to keep tabs on and who's good at Starting Eleven and who needs to catch up. Uh, one thing I'll add here, Brandon, just, you know, uh, the way that the game works, you know, you can only, and this this threw me off, the, you know, when, now now we've both probably played, I, I think I played well over, you know, 100 starting 11 contests, uh, you know, last season. Um, you know, you, you can only play with the players that play that particular day. Um, but in some ways that really opens you up and it actually, I think it changes your perspective on matches a little bit um, because you kind of... Um, you just have players that you don't even really, you wouldn't normally consider for your fantasy team, you know, and it's sort of, a, it just changes the way that you look at matches and, and the kind of like um, the way that you see value. Absolutely. Um, so I think, I think that's a really important thing too. And um, it is, it's just kind of nice to, to um, just to, to, to break your perspective a little bit. And um, also you can play for cash. So I like <laughs> Don't I like forget that. Part of it that. Too. <laughs> All right. If you want more information on starting 11, visit their website, starting one, one.io or visit your favorite app store to download and check it out and stay tuned coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're going to have an interview with starting 11 co-founder Thomas Braun starting one, one.io. Check it out. All right, Brandon. We got five more points to go. Uh, a couple of these are pretty short too, so let's let's get to one of the uh, one of the bigger ones though. Uh, and we've we've talked about this a little bit already, but the sixth point is that there are valuable cheap midfielders to be had. FPL King says Neves, Jorginho, Madison, our fourth president, uh, Perea, Kennedy, 
I, am I going to stop with the James Madison jokes at some point? I probably should. What about right? the? It's not funny. What about the John F. Kennedy jokes? Now we move on to the JFK jokes. <laughs> JFK <laughs> got two presidents in this list. <laughs> Just a few who I've enjoyed watching this week and stood out and attractively priced at five to six million. Uh, if I, let's, let's say five to six point five million. Uh, could this be the recipe for an elite strike force with big guns like Kane, Aguero, Aubameyang? Now. That's interesting because I feel like a lot of people have looked at the cheaper midfield as a way to 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 fund mm-hmm. a a more expensive defense. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I I think this season we had a great lineup of potential mid-priced mids, low to mid-priced mids. A lot of us favored Diogo Yota, Richarlison is a favorite if we go up uh, uh, to six point five. I like them a lot, and if you cast your mind back to when we were just learning about the existence of Riyad Mahrez. He was among this group. So there will be these guys that do emerge and uh, we will need them. We'll absolutely need them to bring in the big guns up front. Also, I'm not, I wouldn't diminish investing this strategy to help you invest in the defense as well. Yeah, and it's just a perspective thing sometimes. I mean, it's, you brought up Mars a minute ago. You know, Mara is $9 million this year. I think it was even more a season ago, maybe two seasons ago. Um, I mean, you know, this year's $5 million midfielder is next year's $8.5 million midfielder. You know, and sometimes um, you just have to remember that. I mean, James Madison is, is one who really yeah. played very well in the Manchester United game, um, has pretty good fixtures now, now that, that match is over. Um, you know, he's a player that I'm definitely going to keep an eye on. And, you know, Yota to Madison at some point could be uh, a move that I definitely consider. Making. Yeah, I thought Madison did look impressive. His delivery during that Manchester United match was really excellent. So I expect yes. we'll see more from him. The way I'm thinking about it is with Yota and Richarlison at 6.5, I do like the higher you go in this bracket, I think the more flexibility you'll have down the road. Like if you bring in Neves on a knee jerk and start building around him and um, don't have any money left in the bank. And then suddenly somebody at 6.5 pops off. It's not going to be easy to move Neves up. So I think starting from that higher position is going to make you a little more flexible in the coming weeks when we start to get more information on who the, you know, the quasi Mares is going to be. Uh, so uh, FPL Crate Digger, I like that. That's, a, that's not a bad, that's like a new FPL name. Uh, best 5 million midfielder after game week one, Conte, Neves, Jorginho. He throws Kennedy in there, which I like. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Kennedy fan. I, I just don't <laughs> sure. know that I'm a new Kennedy fan too. <laughs> Great MTV VJ, but oh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> not as good as Duff. No, no, definitely no. Dave Holmes. Yeah, I mean, Neves is the one that jumps out to me from this list. Uh, Conte has discussed, also Jorginho, kind of thinking game week one is a fluke or or that. Look at how far these guys play forward. Tom Carney, Fulham were a bit of a basket case over the weekend, but Carney was at least playing through the middle a bit. Uh, He had, uh, if not the most passes completed, um, during the game week, uh, let's see who had the most passes completed. Uh, well, Carney and, uh, Surrey, both for Fulham had the most touches in the opponent's half. And, hmm. uh, so both of them looked really active, but Carney, great, great comparison there too. Carney farther forward than Surrey. So when you're looking at these guys, I mean, pull up the heat maps, 
look how far they go, how many, how far up the field they are, how many touches they have in the box. And that's what I'm going to go by. Cause I ultimately, what you're going to need is more consistent attacking chances, created goals and all that sort of thing. Again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Neves, I think there's a word of caution there, but I I do think uh, from that list, I mean, he's the player just, uh, I I mean, I didn't watch, you know, a ton of wolves last season. So, I mean, you know, you know, I, I don't want to like. I, I don't want to like suddenly be an expert on Ruben Neves, but um, from what we saw in this first match, and you know the way that people talk about him, I mean, it seems like. I mean, it's not like again. It's not like you're as a fourth midfielder at five million. He seems perfectly fine, right? And maybe maybe you can rotate him with a fifth player. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, we'll see how he plays. You know, they, they have a couple of difficult matches kind of. They play uh, City and uh, Man United in two of the next five. So. Um, you know, I guess that'll be kind of the test, but, um, you know, one player just totally off topic, but Matt Doherty on wolves looked fantastic. Yeah. I made it, uh, I made it, I made a note as well on him. Yeah. Yeah. As a 4.5 4. million, uh, fullback, uh, looked really dangerous and possibly kind of fixture proof in a way. Uh, I mean, obviously he didn't pick up any points, so mm-hmm. I don't want to go too far with this, but, uh, it looks, it looks like he's capable of getting an assist in any match. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely impressed by Doherty. How, if you're like, um, your mid to low price, your, your fourth midfielder, how many weeks right. so is it like one out of every three weeks? Are you looking to get attacking output from them every week? Once, uh, once every yeah. five, what's the measure? I guess it depends on your, depends on your setup. I mean, you know, for me, I, I went, I have fo- the, the cheapest, my, my fourth midfielder is 6.5 million. So I, I, you know, right now I'm hoping for, for more than that. Um, cause I went with the, uh, sort of a cheaper forward line. Um, you know, I've got, uh, I've got Josh, the disappointing Josh King. We, we didn't even talk about, uh, King, uh, Zaha and Aguero up front. Um, so, yeah, for me, I guess it'd be more like one of two. One of I don't know. I mean, at six point five million, I don't think you can expect attacking returns in every no. other match. I guess one out of three, yeah. but I guess you would hope to get more than an assist, right? You'd hope for maybe a goal in every three games or something like that. A little Jason with a knee jerk. He asked, "Dump Mora, uh, Lucas Mora, already for Pereira on the basis that Spurs World Cup boys back much sooner than expected." So concern over Lucas. Mora's playing time, also the fact that he didn't produce in game week one. And then there's Perea at Watford, who looked like a world beater with hashtag Greek FPL, Holobos Twitter. Uh, it was the, one of the greatest days in Holobos Twitter history. Yeah. Uh, that was just, a, I mean, you and I, I for for like a couple of hours, my life was all about Holobos Twitter. I went deep. Mm-hmm. I went into the Holobos Twitter dark web. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we all did. Sure. I bought some uh, plutonium very... in the Holobos dark web. <laughs> Did, did you really? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought I bought a Bitcoin and Dogecoin in a Holobos Twitter. I just I was all in, man. It was, sure. it was amazing. Holodage. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean Perea. It, I've always loved Perea. Um, actually, both Pereas played well this weekend. Um, Lester's Perea played well too. Um, Perea and Watford is um, a fantastic player. You know, he comes from uh, Juve, uh, but he has never ever been able to stay healthy. And that's always the risk with him. You know, I mean, if he had a season where he stayed healthy the whole time, then he'd be an amazing value. Um, he might be already anyway. I mean, you know, I think I actually think a more to pray a move, uh, given that Watford has some pretty good fixtures, is a move I would consider making if I were in that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, Watford play, uh, 
Yeah, Burnley. Well, uh, the fixtures do get a little worse in a couple of weeks, but they play Burnley and Palace their next two. So, you know, play, play you know, bring them in for the two fixtures, play a game week four wild cards. Here you are. Um, there's a scenario that makes sense. All right, gun to your head, Eric Nguyen asks, Perea or Yota? You, you don't have, you're starting from scratch. Don't take your team into Jota. Yeah. Jota. Yeah, Jota. Yeah, Jota. Jota. Yoda. <laughs> Mike McCul- Mulcahy says, My biggest concern from game week one is Pascal Gross being subbed off in the 59th minute. It's just strange. And he says, what is happening in Brighton? I feel like Gross was, he he always was in danger of the 60-minute sub last season. And um, like 70, though, right? 59 minute. That was... That was odd. I don't know. He's, he's like this guy that, um, oh, what's the, who's the, the Brighton manager? What, uh, Chris, Chris Hutton. I think Chris Hutton knows that he's going to have to play Pascal Gross in every single match to get any sort of creative spark out of his attack. And, uh, you know, the sort of wrap him in cotton wool strategy. You might be right, Brighton. I don't know. I mean, they were, <laughs> they were losing to the to Watford. Uh, they were away. Uh, so maybe he just thought the game was, that was just lost. And, uh, I'm agreeing with you 100%. <laughs> okay, good. That was, that was how I felt about the Arnie <laughs> sub, um, as well against yeah. Liverpool where Pellegrini was like, you know what, that's. Let's save. Let's yeah. save this guy for when a goal might actually help if, us. If he was a little more accurate, he could have had a goal or possibly two yeah. in that match. Yeah, missed a few opportunities. All right, seventh thing we think we think we have some genuine four million options. Rixito asks, "Can we trust uh, Juan Basaka as a fourth defender and get another four defender as our fifth defender uh, in order to free up some more money?" So. Um, Basically, Rick is asking, can we treat Juan Basaka like a 4.5 uh, set and forget? Yes, I think we talked about that. I think that's just that. Listen, it could, it could blow up in our faces, but we're going all in the Juan Basaka <laughs> bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, worst, um, worst, worst, I, the other. T- yeah, oh, sorry, so I, I was just going to say worst case scenario, you have to dig up 0.5 just to get someone right. who starts on any old team. I don't think you're really putting yeah. yourself behind the eight ball. Uh, my concerns with with Peltier, Peltier, how you say his name, and and Bennett, uh, the Peltier is is a defender on Cardiff, and Bennett is a defender on Wolves. Is I don't see either of them getting. I mean, Cardiff are awful, and um, I mean <laughs> Cardiff could be down by like February, mm-hmm. um, you know. And are you saying the warlock won't be casting his spells? <laughs> I mean, he already started off the season with a with a zero pointer, right? And he got a yellow card, and, and they conceded two goals. You're not going to get any points from him. So, I mean, it's fine if you just if you're playing an early wild card, or you just the way you you feel like your team is so solid, you're never going to have to go into your bench. Then okay, fine. But um, you know, I, I don't like. It's fine to bring him in, but you're not going to get points out of him more than more than one point every one point every four matches or something is what you're going to get out of Peltier. And I kind of feel the same about Bennett. All right, point number eight, things we think we think we might be underrating Chelsea's attacking assets. FPL Chancer asked, Chelsea midfielders, do we jump on early? Another shout for Conte. Uh, Chancer also throwing out Pedro, William, and Hazard. All price brackets covered. So um, are you impressed that Chelsea just hammered Huddersfield? 
Well, uh, I don't know if I'm impressed. I, I expected them to win that game. I, I don't think I expected it to be quite so easy. Um, you know, I was just rewatching some highlights uh, this afternoon, and I mean, it was kind of a balanced attack, right? I mean, and that was without Hazard for most of it. So, I mean, I know he picked up an assist late, but um, and we talked about Conte and Jorginho already. But you know, Pedro and William, I mean, six point five and seven point five. Um, you know, in a team that that we don't expect to be rotated that much, and the fixtures are pretty good, um, I do think that there's maybe some, uh, you know, some. Uh, I don't know, like just just like it, like it would make sense to maybe move an underperforming six point five or seven point five million player into that spot. Like if you if you just felt like Gilfy was not your guy, then Gilfy to Pedro or William would would maybe make some sense. It would make a lot of sense. Gilfy, poor Gilfy, that red card really. Really screwed up <laughs> a lot of uh, people who were playing Everton and their teams. teams. Man, yeah, that was that was tough. Uh, point number nine: It might take a while to sort out the forward bracket. Tommy asked, "Thoughts on Josh King? Stick or twist? Uh, how are you feeling about your whole setup up front, Josh?" Well, if I had known that King wasn't on penalties, uh, well, maybe he's on penalties now uh, because uh, Kellen Wilson had such a terrible penalty. Um, I mean, bad. I don't know. I, it was pretty bad. I mean, it was, I mean, it, it was, you know, it was, there was, there was not, wasn't a lot of speed on it. It was not well-placed. It was, you know, my, I don't know. My, my issue is less with Callum Wilson's penalty, but just that how Eddie Howe has persisted with this total trash player that is Callum Wilson. <laughs> I know he did get a goal and an assist though. Crazy. Yeah. You know, like I, Callum Wilson, I, I just what a, what a weird, what a weirdly good performance from a player who sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he has he has the, always has them in his uh, you know up his sleeve. You know, a couple of hat tricks in the last couple of seasons, and then yeah, you know basically yeah. his leg falls off or something happens. And I mean the the with Josh King, uh, you know they play away to West Ham, home to Everton the next two. I'm going to use those to evaluate things. I mean I, I don't have a lot of faith in either defense, the West Ham or the Everton defense. So I, I think he could do something. Um, he was really on fire in the preseason. I mean, it's kind of why we all brought him in. Um, so uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to move him yet, um, but it was kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it was annoying. And now I'm, I have two guys <laughs> that I'm trying to evaluate in my front line with Josh King and Arnatovich. So, um, the the Liverpool game was not a fair representation of I think what I'm what I'm hoping to get out of Arnie this season. Sure. So I'm kind of like already a week in the hole with what I'm what I'm hoping to get out of him. So I need need more info there. Agree with you on Josh King, Sergio Aguero with a blank. The scary thing yeah, is one on one. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that I, I assume that was a goal. Actually, I assumed he was going to square that pass to KDB because it was such the obvious play. Even though he's just like a, yeah. a you know, a, a bloodthirsty striker. He, he's such a good finisher, though. I, I'm sure he thought. I mean, Czech, Czech actually had quite a good game. Um, I agree. To, I mean, he had some weird moments. Almost had an own goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he's like he makes like a gigantic howler in every match now. Like that's mm-hmm. just like that's the Peter Trick experience. But I mean, yeah, his shot stopping was great. Yeah, he had that double save that was uh, <laughs> right at the post. Just incredible, and yeah, yeah he, he yeah. looked good. 
Good, good, good game. Uh, they the 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 post match interview with him where they're like, yeah. So what was going on when you almost scored that own goal? And he just like matter of fact was like, you know, I I had two things happening simultaneously in my brain and I couldn't decide which to do and I just kicked it. And I'm like, you're one of the oldest, most experienced goalkeepers in one of the biggest leagues in the world, and you still have like multiple things going on in your brain at the same time. It's not just you- instinctive. Without looking, Brandon, do you know who the top three scoring forwards were in uh, in game week one? Without looking, just the uh, top of your head. Oh, uh, man, that's a good question. Did any forwards even score? <laughs> I, I will tell you, the number, the overall top forward, this is not price dependent at all. Just was it Wilfred Zaha? No, it was Callum Wilson with eight points. Oh, he was the sh- top scoring forward in all of FPL in game week one. Throwing second that one was, back in my face. Second was Jamie Vardy, uh, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> uh, he's tied with with Jimenez. Uh, Raul Jimenez uh, picked up a, a pretty pretty nice goal, good position on that goal. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Those are in that those they were tied on six points, uh, and then you've got like I think it's five different forwards with five points. It's uh, Zaha, Tosin, Firmino, Sturridge, uh, Joselu. Those are the other ones, and then everyone else is two points or less. Well, there's your preferred front front three going forward. It's 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 got to be Vardy, <laughs> Jimenez, and uh, and Callum yeah, Only only such a back what twenty four point five million. That's that's lots of money for the rest of your team. Sure. <laughs> Uh, all right. Final uh, thought here is that the bonus system is still a bit weird. Uh, I will extend that to include the um, the assist system, Brandon. The um, the Opta I, they have apparently decided this year, which I am kind of fine with if it stays consistent. That if you meant for it to be an assist, you get an assist or something. I don't really like Alexis Sanchez getting an assist on a ball that hit two defenders is. Uh, just one of those things, right? It's just that's not that's not how the game used to be. But I guess now you get a, you get a. <laughs> the game's for that, changed. So. The game's gone, Josh. <laughs> the game's changed. Uh, that was weird, and um, I don't know. Just like there were like a, like I feel like there are a couple plays for like the uh, significant touches from defenders don't seem to stop people from oh, assisting yeah, anymore. The um, the keen assist as well on that corner where I think the ball basically hit his arm or. I don't know. You went up to head it, and it bounced off a bunch of the Wolves defenders too before it fell to Richarlison. And yeah, yeah he gets. I assume that Baines was going to get the assist on that, based on what you're saying about Alexis, because Baines. Right. And, in, in, well, but the Vardy, and then and then um, Perea getting the assist on the Vardy goal was weird too, because didn't that ball go? Like kind of off the crossbar or something? Did did he actually touch it before? It was just a weird. I know he intended for that to be a cross, so I guess that's why he got the assist. But it wasn't like – I felt like a lot of things happened before Vardy ultimately scored on that play. I don't know. Yes. It's just weird. Yeah. Uh, read the bonus point system. Uh, I can't encourage you enough to click on the help tab on the Fantasy Premier League website, and it tells you how bonus points are allocated. So don't complain. Um, <laughs> don't ask how it happened. It's laid Brandon, out pretty clearly. Brandon hates when I complain about the bonus voices. Okay, I've did, the assist system. I'm saying is a little, it's a little different. It's it's unique. Um, it was. I, I will say this. This would probably be a good point for us to end this. Things that, that we think we think is. Yes. Um, this was a pretty clear illustration. This uh, Liverpool West Ham game of why Mo Salah doesn't get bonus points. You could only think of one thing that Mo Salah did score a goal that wasn't him right. getting tackled by somebody. 
And uh, I, he gets dispossessed so much. And that game was no exception. So um, think about that next time you complain about Sala not getting bonus points. Yeah. All right, Brendan, I'm gonna, we're going to skip the lightning round this week. Uh, we're going a little bit long here. So apologies to Anders Javi, Matt Seward, FPL Santa, and FPL Troll. You guys all had questions that we could have answered, but we won't. Uh, Brendan, let's go right into game week two. Um, looks like we've got uh, no Friday games this week. Um, we've got a nice, tasty, pure watch um, mm. at, uh, for the early match. It's a uh, Cardiff Newcastle. Like eight people in fantasy will have players in that game. <laughs> Finally, get to watch the the Warlock in action. I, I didn't watch the full game this weekend for Cardiff, so yeah, this will be my Warlock. first exposure to Cardiff in the Premier League. Yeah, I'm curious about Bobby Reed. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's um. It's yeah. I mean, maybe maybe someone will play Peltier. I guess you could. I guess you could do that. This might be the one game you could do it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of looking forward to that one. Just uh, Newcastle kind of need that need to win that game too. I mean, their fixtures are so tough yeah. to start the season. Um, Newcastle were yeah. were of interest. I was interested in them yeah. watching that Spurs match. I thought that some of their yeah. uh, players did look good. I like the mid table clashes that are taking place on Saturday. I got Everton, Southampton, Leicester Wolves, West Ham, Bournemouth. Those are fun games. Absolutely. Yes. West Ham Bournemouth will be a real fun one. Lots of FPL players in action there. And then, okay, prediction for Chelsea Arsenal? Um, <laughs> sorry, it's so loud in the background. Um, I think that Chelsea will win. Uh, I think Arsenal finally score a goal, however. Um, I will predict a 2-1 Chelsea win. Hmm. Uh, it's going to be a draw. I think that's a 1-1 or 2-2 draw. For me. I think negative one, negative one for me. I'm going, <laughs> I am I am very way. frightened about my Fulham uh, playing at Wembley against Spurs, though. Um, yeah, Fulham should own okay. Wembley at this know. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, literally. That's on true. It. Um, yeah, I mean Spurs. It's hard to know how dominant Spurs will be in that game, though. I mean, I, I guess they're, they they came out firing in that Newcastle game. The second half was a little little. Uh, Less exciting though, so I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure what. To very do. unimpressed with with Spurs showing against Newcastle. That looked very sluggish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they looked. It was a strong start, certainly, um, with with the alley goal, and um, yeah. So it's interesting. Interesting Saturday, and then move on to Sunday. We've got Burnley Watford, uh, Man City Huddersfield, which should be an incredibly one sided affair. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? What do you think the score is in that game? Five nil. Does that seem right to you? <laughs> Yeah, it's particularly it being the first home match for a city at the season uh, of the season. They performed so well at the Etihad. Is five nil too low? Six nil? No, I, seven nil. I'm not <laughs> eight nil is as high as I will go, Brandon. That is this, the it's like Everton preseason to a twenty two nil. Twenty two nil. I mean, the, the big uh, question, yeah. the elephant in the room here is: Are you considering? Sergio Aguero as a captain. If somebody were to guarantee you that Sergio Aguero starts this match, I, my bus team, I'll tell you right now, my bus team has the armband on Aguero. Uh, no, I, I'm still, um, I, I'm still going with uh, with Salah. I mean, I guess I would actually consider Mane now, but it would be one of the Liverpool players. I just, I am, I am a. I'm an ardent believer in the Liverpool attack right now. And I mean, mm-hmm. I feel the same way about Man City too, but I guess um, Pep will not come out and say that Aguero is starting. So that's what that's what gives me pause. You can see Jesus starting that game. Who knows? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> going to predict. I'm not going to yeah. predict. Um, 
Yeah, I just don't know what to say about that Liverpool away to Crystal Palace. Oh, Crystal Palace is a strong team, man. I know. You know, you know a, a side note that no one will care about, but me, I guess. Uh, I will be I come back from D.C. at that time. I'm going to be on the Acela Quiet Car for this entire match. Just it's amazing. I have, I have a meeting in D.C. that day. So it's like two hours on a speeding train watching Liverpool Crystal Palace. I am so excited. I, I don't know if you like train travel as much as I do. I really love it, though. I'm really, oh, train travel is amazing. It. However, you can't yeah. do FPL in the quiet car. That's not allowed. It's too raucous. Because <laughs> I'll be I'll be cheering too much. No, I just have it on my iPad and you know I'll plugged in with the headphones. I'm not gonna like watch like with the sound on. You know. No, you're gonna be throwing f bombs at the little old lady sitting in, <laughs> yeah, sitting in front of you. It's not gonna be All cool. Right, maybe I'll go to the bar car. Damn it! I love the quiet car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're we're kind of at odds here with the armband, but uh, we will be available on the social medias uh, on our Patreon Slack for further captaincy discussion. I expect that's going to be the big debate heading into game week two. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that is a case we made for Raheem Sterling in that Huddersfield match too. Possibly sure. De Bruyne. If, I mean, De Bruyne is probably going to earn a start. I mean, if De Bruyne's ownership is crazy high, by the way. What about uh, a, for, a, a Benjamin Mendy? God, wouldn't that be something? I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't It wouldn't be ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I, I can't imagine Huntersfield's score, and he's playing like a forward. Um, I mean, yeah, Ben Mendy would not be a ridiculous play. That's all I'll say. Cool. Let's leave it at that. Uh, sign, it's time to sign off, Josh. Quick 25-minute podcast this week. I like it very tight this week. It's in the can. <laughs> All right. So uh, become a Patreon supporter of Always Cheating. Go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating for more information on how you can support the pod and all the stuff that we can give you in return. Quick thank you to our producers, as always, Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello, Carl's Rasmus, Lean Granley, Chris Howell, Rafi Khan, Martin Savage, Martin Savage. Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, and Adam Benjamin. Josh, where else can people find info on Always Cheating? They can find us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Hail Cheaters. That's H-A-I-L Cheaters. I can follow us on Facebook. We're Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. You can email us, HailCheaters at gmail.com. You can visit the website, www. <laughs> I had a couple extra Ws there, I think. www.alwayscheating.com. I probably didn't need to say the www because it is 2018, and most people know how to <laughs> how to use the search bar now. Yeah, the HTTP colon backslash backslash. <laughs> or is it forward uh, slash? Yeah, you can also uh, you can subscribe to the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn, Pocket Cast. Uh, give us a five star review, and uh, you know the other thing is just tell your friends. You know, I know some people feel like they don't want to like share some of the websites they go to, the podcasts they listen to, because um, uh, they don't want to like lose the edge that they have, maybe. But um, in our case, just do it for us, yeah. please. Who's, because, get, who's uh, getting an edge from this podcast? Yeah, exactly. You're listening because you want to hear us talk about the Sella Quiet Car or whatever. It's a stupid <laughs> thing I'm rambling about. Uh, no, but thank you for listening to the podcast. I, I actually hope that, that this was I, – I thought it was a good discussion. I actually feel like I learned something from this this particular episode. Well, we could always do better. So, yeah, let us <laughs> let us know what Josh and I could be doing better. Yeah, but, let's uh, end on a sour note. Until then, good luck in Game Week 2. And, Josh, poku forever. Yes, and uh, hail Embakani, and hail Lord Sorloth. We got a few minutes. Well done. His head, his head was looking tremendous. Truly. Bye. Bye. Bye.